Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. My name is Donna Milgram, Executive Director of the Institute for Women in Trades, Technology, and Science, and I am so excited to welcome you to this session of the STEM Success for Women Telesummit, funded by the National Science Foundation. We have an interview today with a very special guest, and then at the end of the session, I'm going to tell you how you can access the recording at a later time, because I know you're going to want to listen to this interview again. Our guest today is Chandra Brown. She's the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Manufacturing from the U.S. Department of Commerce International Trade Administration. And I was so excited to hear Chandra's keynote address at the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technology Education Conference this past October. Her talk was on competitiveness, and she made the point that the gender gap for women in manufacturing is hurting innovation in the United States. As a Deputy Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Manufacturing, Chandra oversees a broad portfolio of programs aimed at increasing the international competitiveness of U.S. manufacturers. Welcome, Chandra, and thank you for joining me for the STEM Success for Women Telesummit. Well, thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here and talk about one of my favorite subjects. Well, I wondered if you were willing to start out by sharing with our listeners your own background in manufacturing. Absolutely. I would love to share my story. I actually was born in Chicago, Illinois, and I come from a family, from a grandfather who worked uh, with the steel companies, to aunts and uncles and brothers who built things with their hands. And I grew up with a great appreciation for how we manufacture things in this country. And I will say, I, I didn't know when I was young, people always ask, did you, did you grow up and know you were going to be a woman in manufacturing? And the answer is no, I did not. I, I kind of pursued the traditional path. I went to high school. I went to college. I um, ended up getting a degree, an MBA uh, in international business. And I was basically 21 and starting my career. Went back to Chicago and started working for um, an international shipping company. And then I moved to Portland, Oregon. And the first job I got there was with Oregon Ironworks, a fantastic manufacturing company. And when I started working there, I realized that this, you know, was my calling. It turns out that I am a more tactile person. Like, there's nothing more satisfying to me than as we built boats and bridges and aerospace work to actually be able to see a drawing, see a print, watch it in progress as it's being built step by step on a factory floor. And then you have this incredible finished product that you can drive over the bridge or ride on the streetcar. Um, I just realized that this was an incredible opportunity. And um, it's basically that you see 
something and now you know this is what I want to be. I don't want to do coding and I don't want to do some of the other services type industries which are absolutely critical and wonderful. I actually be, wanted to be a part of building things. That is so interesting that your family came from this background and so obviously you had a lot of information about the manufacturing industry and you had some role models. I'm curious, were you the first in your family to be a woman in manufacturing? Um, yeah, I guess I, I probably would say my mother and uh, one of my grandmas were both teachers, um, which, again, I have such great respect uh, for the teaching uh, industry as well. But, uh, yeah, I probably was. I come from a big family, so I don't want to say that no one in my family has done, <laughs> you know, manufacturing. But I think I probably was really, yeah, one of the first. And I have to say, just your, your question is so great because I didn't know at the time, even though I saw these things and I knew people that had worked with their hands and I respected it as a career. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know at the time that I was aware of how great that was. My appreciation grew and grew as I got older and then I went to work in a manufacturing company. It's when it kind of all came back around full circle and you're like, wow, I get this. Like, I get this great pride in building things. And I hear the excitement in your voice as you describe that process. And I'm curious to know, why do you think so few women choose manufacturing as a career pathway? Well, you know, I think there's always a lot of reasons why um, we do or don't go down certain paths. And I think with manufacturing in particular, it's obviously been a very male-dominated um, profession to date. And so uh, I think there hasn't been the role models, and they haven't seen or heard women talking about it, how it's great, how it's wonderful, how they can succeed in it. Um, and, you know, so I think there's a variety of things that could be lack of mentorship, um, kind of like the organizational culture that, that they assume it is, um, you know, and I would say even things like, you know, industry bias towards men for leadership positions. So I, I think there's, you know, a wide variety of reasons why women, and manufacturing is also so broad. In some sense, I think women are thinking about manufacturing as a career, but they just might not call it a manufacturing career. You know, it's a career in an individual um, industry sector, if you will. So I think it's also a definitional um, item as well. Well, I want to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, first I want to approach it by saying that I think that when most people think about manufacturing, they're thinking about the auto manufacturing plants and the fact that a lot of them are closing down and they see manufacturing as a dying industry. Now, I know that's not the case, but I think many would say, why would we get women into an industry that's in decline? I'm sure you hear this all the time. What's your response to that? Well, I absolutely say it is not an industry in decline. <laughs> and as you can even see from the numbers, we have been adding manufacturing workers since the downturn. And we've seen new things happening, such as the reshoring and jobs coming back to this country because we have such a great climate here, both from an energy cost standpoint and an intellectual property standpoint. And we still are the most innovative and most productive workforce in the world. So manufacturing 
manufacturing is not in decline, in fact. It's an absolute critical piece of this country. One of the reasons why I left my manufacturing company to take this job is because I believe so strongly that manufacturing is the basis of the middle class for this country. So we must have it. So now when you think about the importance of manufacturing to a growing middle class, let's think about women. So women, we represent oh, almost half, around 47% of the total U.S. labor force. But we only make up less than a third, around 25% of the manufacturing workforce. So, you know, we know that manufacturing needs to grow and needs to continue growing. We know there's worker shirt uh, worker shortfalls coming in the future. So we are half of the workforce. You know, we must be involved and in participating in the manufacturing workforce as well. So there's almost a 25% gap between the percentage of women in the workforce and in manufacturing. I'm wondering, you know, if I was a young woman uh, in college, and especially if I was in a two-year college, because that's a lot of our listeners, and I was thinking about a career pathway in manufacturing, what would those job titles and careers look like? Well, this is actually a hard question um, in a good way because there are so many different paths. When you think about manufacturing, it's so broad. You know, everything from sewing and manufacturing uh, a shirt or fabric to welding and fitting uh, and machining of metal parts uh, to assembling um, complicated engines. You know, there's so many different things that we make in the United States, and each one of these industries has uh, lots of different titles and ways of going into it. So what I would say is um, you really need to figure out which kind of path that you want to go down, and then we can look at all the different career descriptions and, and what they have available. So, for example, you know, some of the STEM things, if you love robotics, and I would advise, like, you know, one of the career paths, there's first robotics and robotics and manufacturing engineering classes, right? So those are some big overarching ones that cross-cut industries. If you want to be more hands-on, um, not just the engineering classes, but reading plans and blueprints, um, um, if you will, is a great skill set, particularly in our wonderful community colleges. And then if you really know things like I called uh, the welders that used to work uh, for me in my uh, company I was at previously, they were basically artists. I mean, you can call them welders, but some of them were artists and the work that they could do and what they could build. And there's many, you know, welding or machinists or electrical classes. So it really depends. There's so many options um, for women that they can really customize it to what they're interested in. And one other recommendation I'd make is get out there and try things so you can figure out, like, what really is your passion. I'm a big proponent myself of doing internships, and more and more you're seeing those available. And I also wonder, you know, in the manufacturing industry, is there possibilities for summer jobs or part-time jobs for students to try these careers out? 
absolutely. Apprenticeships are a great path. And as you probably know, um, it's been one of the new initiatives in the Obama administration that we've been working on increasing per, uh, the percentage of apprenticeships and funds that are flowing into apprenticeship programs as well as community colleges and, and training up that generation of workforce. So I think there is a lot of, you know, even national and federal programs. Um, and some of the large corporations, you know, have been leading the way with lots of internships and on-the-job training. But again, I think that most, coming from a small manufacturing, smaller manufacturing company, I think there's, you know, many opportunities probably right down the street. There's so much manufacturing and small business manufacturing going on around in this country that if you just walked down, for example, and went to a local manufacturer and said, you know, you were interested in a summer um, internship, I think you would probably be surprised at uh, the level of welcomeness uh, that you would have when you do that. Well, and I think that the educators who are listening are themselves thinking, I wonder if I would be able to connect with the manufacturing industry to set up these kinds of internships, these kinds of programs, and I wonder if there's any connection that you can direct educators to go to to make that kind of connection? Is there anything that's set up? Well, there are, honestly, there are a lot of different organizations. So let's talk a little bit about, there's all these associations, and again, because manufacturing is so diverse, there's lots of different ways to plug in. So uh, talking to the educators, there is organizations like the manufacturinginstitute.org, uh, and that's part of the uh, National Association of Manufacturers, for example. So they have an, an institute that really has a whole focus and subset on women. Um, they have the Women in Manufacturing Step Awards. Um, they produce uh, some reports with Deloitte. And I think there's, there's also in every industry, um, there is organizations um, such as the Association of Women in Metal Industries, for example. And so they work with internships and setting it up uh, with their companies. That's just another kind of specific. If you're interested in international trade and companies that are manufacturing to export, there's the Women in International Trade, and they also have programs. So really, you can go to so many different different uh, organizations. Automotive, there's a Southern Automotive Women's Forum, a Women in Technology. So I could probably go on and oh, on with <laughs> a lot of places you could go. <laughs> well, and that actually raises, you know, another question in my mind, which is, is there areas of manufacturing that are, there that you see more women in um, that might for women who are interested in maybe not being the you know the the only trailblazer, uh, but that there would be more women in that particular area, where where would that be? Well, um, you know, we uh, I would give you some industries that have traditionally had you know maybe a slightly slightly higher percentage of women, and those are things like um, life sciences, medical devices. So, for example, the manufacturing of medical devices, of retail, you know, clothing, technology, media, um, sometimes. Uh, 
transportation uh, can be an area where we have more um, women. But again, unfortunately, it's still small <laughs> and still um, not enough of what we need. And there's very big gaps in some other areas. Um, obviously, you've heard about, you know, the computer side and some of the other engineering disciplines where uh, women are definitely underrepresented. There is a, a great report, and actually credit to the National Science Foundation, um, and that it's called Women, Minorities, and Persons with Disability in Science and Engineering. And again, for the educators and other folks out there, it's a great report that kind of goes into detail about where women are working and where they are not working. <laughs> so um, I recommend that as well. So you mentioned a number of different associations specifically for women in manufacturing. Is there one place to look for these associations um, of women in manufacturing? Or, you know, what would you recommend if you were a woman wanting to connect with other women in manufacturing? Unfortunately, I wish the answer to this question was yes. There is a huge master database of all the resources for women in manufacturing and these various organizations, um, but there isn't, <laughs> or at least not that I've been able to find. Um, so if anyone out there is listening and, and they want to do this or they know about it, I would love, uh, I would love to be educated myself. Um, there is, like I said, the uh, Manufacturing Institute and the National Association of Manufacturers, which is a very large overarching manufacturing organization. That's probably one of the, the best overarching um, women in manufacturing sites. Um, but really, as, as, you, as I kind of went through those variety of different industry sectors, kind of each one of those has a slice of women in manufacturing specific to their area. Um, so I would say one piece of advice would be once you kind of find a general area that you like or that you might be interested in, um, so for example, if you're interested in manufacturing of textiles, you know, when you look that up, you'll find a variety of textile associations um, that are working on uh, innovative potentially apprenticeships and other areas for women. Certainly in metal and machinery, I, I listed off several of those. If you're interested in welding or machining or kind of robotics, then there's a whole bunch of other associations. And sometimes you can get a really great attention and focus when you go um, to some of these smaller organizations but that are more focused in a career path um, where they really need workers. You know, we can't, again, if we make up 50% of the population, you know, we must be participating in these workforce, and especially with an upcoming um, shortage of manufacturing workers. Well, in my experience, the associations for women can really be a great resource, as you were saying, um, you know, looking for internships, and that in local areas, educators can do a search uh, for in the different areas or sectors of manufacturing as you described. And of course, with a web presence, it's easier and easier for you to make contact with these types of associations that are often run on volunteer efforts. But something you just said, which is the upcoming shortage, brings me to another question. And it is, are there particular areas of manufacturing that are, for lack of a better term, really hot, you know, they're um, 
there's a shortage coming. There's uh, they pay more than other areas. Like I'm wondering about if that's true of robotics, for for example. What are the most exciting areas if you're considering a career pathway in manufacturing? Well, there are so many exciting pathways to take. One of the things I would tell people to look at, so as you look at what's kind of the latest and greatest coming down the pipeline, we now have a national network of manufacturing institutes. Um, there's been a variety of these institutes set up around the United States. And these are kind of cutting edge R&D, public-private partnerships that has companies and universities and various academia um, all coming together um, around some various topics. So, for example, the first one uh, was kicked off in Youngstown, Ohio, called America Makes. And they're focused uh, really on kind of the 3D printing revolution, if you will. So that's, you know, an example of some cutting-edge areas. Some of the other institutes, there's one on lightweight metals in Detroit. So looking at, you know, how are we making better components going into the actual materials that we're making things from. How do we make those stronger, lighter, faster? Um, so careers in those areas. Obviously, there's, you know, digital uh, revolution and the Internet of Everything, um, which needs sensors, of course, and all the various manufactured products that go with that. So, you know, if you look at these variety of institutes that are set up and you can kind of see the topics, you know, nanotechnology, there's, there's a variety of areas where, um, I think there's some high growth potential to be looked at. Nanotechnology is also an area that the Advanced Technology Education Program within the National Science Foundation has really focused on. And, uh, you know, and 3D printing I've seen uh, at many two-year colleges. So these are great ideas for educators that are providing career information uh, to both women and men about the manufacturing industry. Now, I want to ask you, do you think it really makes a difference to the industry itself if women are a part of it? I don't know how loud I can say yes, <laughs> but <laughs> consider it shouted. Um, it is absolutely critical and I when I say critical I also mean it up and down the entire chain so we need more women on corporate boards women from the very top all the way down to various women on the shop floor and working to build um, the products for our next generation I mean the reality is if you if you look at another couple statistics I like to throw out is that 73% of all buying decisions in the United States are made by women. And globally, women control roughly 12 million out of 8, I mean, sorry, 12 trillion out of 18.4 trillion in consumer spending. So basically, we control two out of every three dollars spent in the world. 
So, you know, if we want to be represented in the boardroom and throughout a company, uh, don't we want to reflect, you know, the leadership and the reality of what the stakeholders are doing out in the community? So, I mean, we absolutely, we, we all know that diversity improves organizational performance. I mean, there's a variety of studies on this by McKinsey and others that demonstrate if you have gender diverse, you know, leadership and participation in the workforce, you get overall a higher return on equity. Um, so, you know, diversity can overall enhance the corporate culture, the reputation, and the bottom line of companies. Um, so it's really critical that we must have, you know, more women throughout. And again, this includes from corporate and CEO boards all the way on down through it. And do we know the percentage of women who are on uh, manufacturing boards right now? Do we, do we know what that percentage is? You know, we don't, and I personally would love to know uh, that percentage. I can tell you there are a few things we know, um, but we have, as far as I know, no one's undertaken a study solely of manufacturing boards. Um, you know, what's a manufacturing company and what's a board? But I am very much for disclosure of diversity and statistics. You know, you've seen Google and Yahoo and some of the large tech companies, but it would be great for all um, companies, manufacturing companies, to be disclosing, you know, what's the composition of your board? What percentage of women and minorities are on it? What percentage of women and minorities are in senior leadership? And what percentage are in the rest of the work? Workforce. The statistics we do um, know, which are honestly quite sad, is that if you look at, for example, Fortune 500 um, CEO positions, things that are fairly easy to, to count, women hold less than 5% of all Fortune 500 CEOs. Women hold less than 17% of board seats at Fortune 500. Uh, Fortune 500 companies, and 10% of these Fortune 500 companies have no women on their board at all. I mean, that's a pretty sad commentary. Um, so those are some of the statistics we have, but I don't have them specifically for manufacturing uh, companies. I am so struck by the mismatch between 73% of the purchasing decisions being made by women and women being such a small percentage of both the executives and on the boards and actually absent from uh, 10% of all of the boards. That is astounding to me that that is the case in 2015. Now, you know, there, I know that we do have some women who have excelled in manufacturing. Could you talk a little bit about about these women who are still at this point pioneers? Yes, I mean, obviously there's some um, well-known women, um, <laughs> you know, that head up large corporations like Mary Barra, GM, and um, um, Les Meyer. There's, there's, there's some folks that we all know and we've heard the names. But, you know, some of the folks I would want to talk about, we have here at Commerce a manufacturing council, um, a United States Manufacturing Council, and there are some women on this council. It's open uh, to anyone. It's a federal acquisition uh, notice, so if you ever want to be on an advisory committee in the government, again, I encourage women out there to, to sign up and participate because um, we have lots of advisory boards in a variety of areas, and a manufacturing council is one of them, and we have some great uh, women on these boards. Um, one of them who I was just speaking to the other day is a woman named Claudine Martinez, 
who is the president of MCT Industries um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and so a, a smaller firm. And she is the vice chair of this manufacturing council. And, you know, we were talking about, uh, like, leadership and women and how even in these smaller businesses, you know, to uplift their profile. I mean, again, we kind of know the major multinationals that have women at their helm. But, you know, I think the key is for all the folks out there at the small and the medium-sized businesses to be getting out that information on what they're doing. And what she told me, you know, is uh, things are different, you know, when you're a woman leader and a woman manager. And one of the things I thought was very insightful, um, and I would feel, I feel the same way from my time um, as an executive in a manufacturing company, is that women kind of tend to look at things a little more holistically. You know, we're very concerned, and these are obviously generalizations. There are wonderful men that do all the same, I want to be sure, and call them out, and we really need them and their help as we move this whole agenda forward. But, um, you know, women in general are more holistic. They're looking at, you know, the person as a whole. And I think that some of the differences in, in leadership styles from the manufacturing side, you know, um, setting up obviously like various charities, looking more closely at work-life balance, at family leave policies, right? You know, a variety of being more flexible um, with your workforce. So I think they have a, maybe a greater attunement uh, to those type of issues as women women leaders in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. You know, I also want to talk about the women who are on the manufacturing floor, so to speak, um, who are actually the, at the technician level. And I myself have met some of these women through the work that our organization has done with community colleges. And actually, there is a woman instructor from a community college in Kentucky who I met who uh, teaches welding, and she told me that she ended up, and she, and she did it in a uh, manufacturing environment, and that she helped put her daughter through college when she became a single parent by welding on the manufacturing floor. Um, another woman that I uh, uh, also am thinking about is actually out of uh, Milwaukee Area Technical College, and she actually is now the chair of their engineering department. And she's a welder and originally worked for Harley-Davidson in Milwaukee. And this is quite a few years ago. I was actually involved with a whole program that successfully helped get women on the manufacturing floor at uh, Harley-Davidson. And so a big shout-out to uh, both women in the leadership level but also women who are on the manufacturing uh, floor. You know, it's such an important opportunity for these women to have uh, satisfying work that is also well-paying work and gives them the opportunity to, as you described for yourself earlier on, actually uh, see, be part of a process of making something. Absolutely. I mean, I could not, I couldn't have said it any better myself as it's 
women up and down on all levels. And I have to say, like, again, uh, trying not to be biased, but our women that have worked on the shop floor, you know, are working often, you know, harder, and they're really trying to prove themselves. They're, you know, usually a minority um, in the workforce, depending on what type of manufacturing plant they're working in. So, I mean, they, by, by default, are incredible leaders and, you know, are leading the way for the next generation. And I think your point is really great. Like, people that are in manufacturing know it's great. Like many, um, both men and women, um, who have family members in it, you know, especially in the career and in the trades and, you know, a great shout out to, you know, all of our labor friends and the unions that are mentoring and bringing up and trying to increase diversity levels as well. Um, you know, those familiar with manufacturing basically are twice as likely to encourage one of their children to pursue manufacturing. I mean, that kind of says it all. People that are doing it know it's great. I mean, the reality is for those folks that are going more into the trades, you know, I, I tell this all the time, you know, you can come out of high school and not have huge college debt, not take years off and go right into very well-paying, skilled jobs, um, and you can buy buy your house, you know, quicker, for example, sometimes than college graduates can um, because you don't have debt and you're able to go right in and make a absolute, you know, above average living wage. So I, I certainly encourage uh, folks to do that. And I think, you know, one of the issues that we need to look at is, you know, starting from, you know, the public perception issue in the schools, you know, from the K through 12 school system, you know, we need to be encouraging students to pursue, you know, careers in management manufacturing, right, and well, particularly women as well. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And I'm wondering if you have advice for community colleges that want to attract more women to their manufacturing programs and for your colleges as well. Like how should they go about it? Well, um, there's a variety of, of ways from easier to harder, I guess, or different levels. You know, one, you need to make sure that all of the outreach material is reflective of the diverse uh, workforce that you want to have come and be educated in your various institutions. So, you know, people have to look more carefully. You know, it's amazing to me sometimes when, you know, you look at pictures of welders, for example, machinists, and, you know, 98% of the time they're men. <laughs> you know, and if we would like exactly. to attract more women, well, we need to be showing more women in um, these various recruitment efforts and brochures and, you know, make sure films and clips that are done are representative of the, the type of diversity that you want to attract in your schools. So I think that's one. And the other one is setting up programs, you know, um, how flexible uh, is the institution, you know, what type of, do they have mentoring circles set up, you know, particularly for women? Do they have women manufacturers come as speakers um, to various events, you know? Are there, you know, awards or notices given about that. So I think there's a variety of things um, that can be done to better help recruit the next generation. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned about the outreach materials. We actually tell schools to make sure that it's not just one or two female role models, but 50% uh, of the images, whether it's on their website or in their brochures, show females in the industry, and especially in an area uh, like manufacturing where you may be having to wear equipment that 
makes it hard to tell that um, you're a woman, a woman that they need to focus so that, like, whether you know they have the helmet down or you know, so that you can see that it is a woman in manufacturing. Or if you're in a clean room, you know, it can be hard to tell. So I think that is so important. And as you say, speakers coming in, you know, the female role model part is critical. Something that you said made me think of another strategy, which is you talked about the handing down in families of pursuing the manufacturing career pathway. I'm thinking, how about if there was an initiative where you were not just handing that down to your son, but you were also handing that down to your daughter as well? Absolutely. I think that is a great idea. Um, again, you know, we are so influenced by our families and those around it, and the overall perception, it needs to be taught, you know, to, to both sons and daughters, you know, if you will, that manufacturing is a great career choice, that it's something to be proud of, um, and I think that that is a wonderful way to kind of increase outreach. We often also say talk to, you know, the guidance counselors and the other folks in the high schools and the junior highs and the grade schools about, you know, the importance of as we look forward to the future, you know, that there's lots of great paths and the same path for, you know, both boys and girls, to your point. Now, I'm also wondering, what do you think educators can do to prepare women in particular to be successful in a manufacturing career? How do, how do we make sure that they are retained? Um, so that's a good question. How do we retain women in manufacturing? You know, it really comes down to, uh, I would say, support. That's probably the most key word, is that they need to be supported. Um, and support comes in lots of different ways, right? Um, it means that they have, you know, as we talked about, things like a flexible um, workforce, if you will, a, a flexible path forward where, you know, there's sick days if you're having children and that you can come back into the workforce. You need to have mentoring programs. You know, women in general and manufacturing really respond when there is other women, and by mentoring, I, I, we often always talk about, you know, mentoring as looking up, like I want someone above me to mentor me. But mentoring also means looking back down the chain and helping bring the next generation of women up and show them, like, the various paths forward. Like, to keep women in manufacturing, they really need to see, like, where do I go, you know, from point A to point B, and how do I move forward, and have other women been successful in it? And I think, you know, active recruiting um, is, is really critical. Like, I've often said, um, even for things like uh, boards, that, you know, we need to be interviewing um, more women to, to see what do they want, what is it that they need, what will motivate them to make them uh, stay. I mean, we obviously already know about pay gaps, right, and the differences in between how men and women are paid, but manufacturing as a whole um, is usually a little better, and obviously these jobs are higher paid uh, than the service industry. So I, I think we need to really actively con encourage, for example, female students to go into it. We need to then, once they go into it, make sure the policies that companies have in place are supportive of the things that women need to do. And then we need to really be mentors both up and down uh, the chain. I think that one of the most important things that 
know, and, and you're talking about both the recruitment and retention side, is, you know, actual one-to-one -one personal encouragement. You know, is this something that you considered? And also being a cheerleader for those women along the way, especially if initially there's not that many women in a class, really letting her know that this is something that she can do. And that brings another point of yours, which is, you know, connecting with these associations that you talked about of women in manufacturing and connecting also with the institutes that you mentioned because they likely know at least one woman role model in manufacturing who could come in and provide a support and uh, essentially also provide information about this is how I did it, this is how you can be successful as well. Well, Chandra, I want to ask you one more question um, before we close. And it is, if you had to pick only one reason why manufacturing is an excellent career pathway for women, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. One reason. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be really difficult. I would say um, the, the reason is because manufacturing is the future of this country and, in fact, the future of the world. Um, uh, President Obama basically said it the best. He said at one point, when women succeed, America succeeds. And I absolutely believe that is true, and that's across all industries and all segments. And manufacturing, as we talked about, is such a critical sector of our economy and the world economy that we must have, you know, women in it and involved and participating and going forward. So, you know, you will make a difference in the future of this world if you are in manufacturing. I love that answer. Thank you, Chandra, so much for joining us for the STEM Success for Women Telesummit and providing us with your unique perspective on the importance of women in manufacturing. Thank you so much. It was absolutely my pleasure. I hope you're enjoying this Telesummit as much as I am as you add new tools to your Women in STEM toolbox during the STEM Success for Women Telesummit. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.